Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. Lately, Kwanzaa has been receiving a lot of negative publicity. This includes viral TikTok messages and even some state representatives or GOP representatives. We are going to discuss some of the problems with Kwanzaa today. And I know you think these people love Kwanzaa, but we can love something and still recognize that it has flaws. I love that, Phyllis. I love the fact that you said we can love something and still recognize that it has flaws because it's so true. There are flaws in this holiday celebration. Perhaps this is one of the flaws <laughs> that people just don't understand what Kwanzaa really is. Because like you said, there were some people from the GOP, there are these TikTok videos, there are articles all over the internet where people are talking about Kwanzaa in a negative way. And I'm thinking Perhaps they don't understand what it is because I think one of the people said it was a fake, made up religious holiday. And I'm like, well, first of all, Kwanzaa is not a religious holiday, it's a cultural holiday. And it's a cultural holiday celebrating Black culture. I saw something where people were saying it's a white liberal holiday. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if a bunch of white liberals celebrate it or not. But the events that I've been to were primarily Black. I may have seen a sprinkle of white people, maybe one or two, three at the most, but never seen a whole bunch of white people. So I'm like, where did that come from? And it comes from ignorance. I know when I didn't grow up celebrating Kwanzaa, I recently just got my first Kanara. But I didn't have much knowledge on it. When I think about the shows that I watched growing up, the cartoons that I watch, people in my community, no one celebrated Kwanzaa. So I could only go about my presumptions. And one problem with not understanding Kwanzaa is assuming it's this woke cult. I think most people think it's these Black people dressed like Black Panthers with um, rifles or something like and um, using racial slurs towards Caucasian people and just filled with all this hate. So the first time I went to a Kwanzaa event was in 2013. And 2013 was a very enlightening year for me as a Black person for different reasons. But Kwanzaa was one of the reasons. So it was a perfect end. 
And I was like, oh, my gosh. I think poorly of black people. And we hear things stated like, well, you know, you can't get us together. It's going to be trouble. You know, we don't do this. You know, we don't support each other. But when I went to that event in 2013, yes, there were some people who were speakers that seemed a little bit extremist. And the host just said that person does not represent the group, represent the views of such and such Kwanzaa event. But there was so much camaraderie. There was so much love. There was so much knowledge that was shared that I said, oh, my. I had a poor image of Kwanzaa. Then there's even this fact that people think it's religious. So that was 2013. I think maybe 2014 or 15. I went to an event in Mississippi. and. There were Hebrew Israelites, there were Christians, there were Muslims, there were people from different religious backgrounds, different complexions, and different professions. Like there's lawyers, there's politicians, there's the everyday worker at the grocery store. And I was like, there's diversity in Kwanzaa because there's diversity in Black people. So I think that's another reason that Kwanzaa gets a bad rep is because people make all these assumptions or they have a bad experience with one event without having a personal experience. That's a really good point. Sometimes you need to have those personal experiences in order to really see what it's about. People have all types of ideas about what something is and even just reading and researching and you find all kinds of information. This is true for everything. There's two sides to every coin. So you're going to find positive stuff and you're going to find negative stuff, but actually experiencing it for yourself is what really helps to connect the dots. And I respect people who are anti-Kwanzaa. If you're anti-Kwanzaa, that's okay. You don't have to celebrate Kwanzaa. You don't have to believe in the principles. You don't have to care about it whatsoever. It's okay. The thing that bothers me is when people bash things that they don't believe in. And I think that is the kind of stuff that causes division. When people say, oh, Kwanzaa It divides people because it's for black people and it's not for everyone. But I think the true division comes when people are trying to bash it and cause division in that way. This us against them. No, it's not us against them. We all have something that we're a part of that is exclusive. And even though, like you said about the event that you attended, it's not even an exclusive celebration, although it was created for African-Americans to uplift the Black culture. I don't see what's bad about that. I don't see anything bad about uplifting your culture. It's the same thing to me, like with your family. It starts at home first. So I'm going to take care of my family first before I go out in the street to take care of anybody else. It's not a bad thing. When I think about different cultures, 
Jewish people have bar mitzvahs. Um, some Hispanic cultures have quinceaneras. What do black people have? Besides barbecues, uh, you know what I'm saying? But in family reunions, like, is there anything in our African-American culture specifically for us? And Kwanzaa is the only thing that I can think of. So why is it hated so much when when somebody says they're having a bar mitzvah or quinceanera or they say mi gente, we don't get angry. I don't see a lot of outrage with other cultures having something specifically for them. The LGBTQIA community has pride week and things like that. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's for them and it's okay. And people who are not part of that community will still come to say, you know what, I'm an ally or um, I see you, I hear you. So, yeah, a big problem with Kwanzaa is people don't understand what it is. The person you spoke of was Marjorie Taylor Greene. She called out Kwanzaa. She said it was a six day long winter holiday meant to celebrate African-American culture and it's religious. It's not six days. <laughs> it's not religious. So there's a lot of people spreading misinformation about Kwanzaa. And I'm fine, of course, with people not celebrating certain things. Um, for example, there's people that don't celebrate Christmas or Halloween. And just like you, I've never been the type of person to say, well, let me go bash all the people that celebrate Halloween because I don't celebrate it. No. Do no harm. If they're not harming anybody, if they're not poisoning anybody's mind to dislike a certain group, just let, let the person or group of people be. I also think that we just have to have our own experiences. But I think a lot of people that are anti-Kwanzaa, many of them participated in the principles unknowingly. Like they may say, hey, look at me, I'm out supporting a Black-owned business. That's a part of Kwanzaa. So a lot of people are doing the principles and they don't even know it. So I do hope that people celebrate the principles and participate in the principles, even if they don't acknowledge them as Kwanzaa principles. I hope they still strive to be united. I hope they still strive to participate in cooperative economics and things of that nature. But like we did an episode previously called All Blacks Matter. So if they do help the Black community, fine. If they don't, that's also their freedom and their choice. Just please don't add to all the hate that we already have as African-Americans. We already have so many stereotypes and people pointing back to Chicago or welfare. So don't add another log of fire to anti-Blackness. Very well said. And I just want to add that there's a Bible scripture and it says that one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. So you choose 
whether or not you want to hold any days in higher esteem than others, or if you want to hold every day alike, 365 days, every day is the same. Or if you want to celebrate certain days, certain times, that is your prerogative. And that too is a part of the Kwanzaa principles of self-determination. You decide for yourself, you create for yourself, you name yourself, you do whatever it is that you want to do for yourself. Don't be persuaded by what other people are saying or how other people are trying to make you feel. You choose for yourself. And I think that's a good segue to the second issue. The first issue was people don't understand what it is for different reasons. But also a second reason is the founder. So you just said you define for yourself. And one good thing about Kwanzaa is you don't have to celebrate in a community. You can celebrate with just your family. However, there's a lot of attention brought to Kwanzaa within the last year because of information, as I stated earlier on TikTok, revealing the truth about the founder. Mr. Karinga, in 1971, he was convicted of felony assault, torture, and false imprisonment. It was very brutal what he did. He denied the involvement and claimed the prosecution was political in nature. And he was in prison in California men's colony until he received parole in 1975. He's currently working at a university as a woman, as a Black woman. When I discovered that, the second year that I participated in Kwanzaa, it infuriated me because sometimes I think the conscious community, the Black conscious man can be patriarchal. So I was like, oh my gosh, even here, everywhere we go, there's this, I love Black people, but Black women, they are right type feeling sometimes. That's how I was feeling at the moment. Like um, some people say they love blackness, but they only love the male portions of it. And so I was really torn by that. And I saw a TikTok that went viral with the the challenge of stop breaking my heart. Um, Tony, Tony or whoever it was. And the lady was having segments on there about the guy that founded Kwanzaa. We talked about this when we first started this podcast because we were like, well, do we even want to associate it with Kwanzaa? Knowing that this guy is doesn't seem very um, respectful towards women, that he um, abused women. And we decided to stick with the Kwanzaa thing because it's bigger than Karinga. It's it's bigger than that. And another thing is, we don't honor him. We don't have a picture of him. We don't acknowledge him in any way. And I remember when I used to go to poetry events, they would say something along the lines that such and such poetry was founded by so-and-so. And and then everybody in the audience would say, so what? And I later found out that the person who started the poetry communities like the 
the competitive uh, poetry events that he was not very um, compassionate for all humankind. And the people in the audience just said, so what? And I feel it's the same thing with Kwanzaa, not minimizing what he's done, not saying he's innocent, but we don't honor him. He, he gave us Kwanzaa and that's about it. And he didn't do that alone. So another problem is um, Mr. Karinga. Whenever we first started and we talked about that, it made me think that he was a hypocrite. Like this guy is telling people about unity and self-determination and collective work and responsibility and faith and purpose and all of these things. Yet you are torturing black women or your organization is killing black men. And it's like, uh, it's problematic. But at the same time, like you said, it's not about him. This is so much bigger than him and so much more than him. He is basically the catalyst for the celebration. One of the things we talked about before was not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Kwanzaa is still a worthy celebration despite the founder's history, because it's not about the founder. And yes, the founder has a tainted past, but that doesn't take away from uplifting the Black culture. And I also think about how so many people can understand that in different aspects, but don't understand it with Kwanzaa. Like there are some people in our modern times, some other black men who have done detrimental stuff to other women. And people will say, but girl, I just got to get on the dance floor when I hear that song. So the concept of taking what you like about something and not associating it, associating it with the person is something that people can do. Some of those people defend that person. We don't defend him. He's He did a heinous act. And we also know that Kwanzaa is very impactful. And I'm pretty sure it has bonded many families over the years. I agree. One of the things that I really enjoy about Kwanzaa is sitting around the table talking about the principles with my children and all of the things that we do together as a family around Kwanzaa, I really enjoy that. And I, I I wouldn't change any of that. I think it is a great time of unity for the family. And another thing associated with Karinga and Kwanzaa, none of the stuff that I'm buying goes to his organization. He's not getting royalties for Kwanzaa. And things that'll help him live more comfortably. I feel if anybody should feel more conflicted for employing him, it'll be the university. But nothing that I do is financially tied to Karinga. But the memories I have is a result of what was implemented in Kwanzaa. Like you said, I don't celebrate with my family. I celebrate in a community. 
I have celebrated with my niece one year in 2015 when I went to Mississippi. And it was just so, it was just so beautiful that she could see hundreds of Black people in Mississippi who were great speakers, who were entrepreneurs, and to hear the songs that we sang. And I just remember her laughing a lot, but it was more so of a surreal moment or I've never participated in anything like this that was uplifting because I think we spoke about this before. There's not really many programs for Black histories in schools anymore. And when I was driving home with her, I recognized that because we sang Lift Every Voice and Sing. I grew up singing that song, but it was something fairly new to her because she didn't grow up singing that song. So I think that's important to realize too. Nothing that we do financially is tied to Karinga, but we do have great experiences because of Kwanzaa. And going back to what we said earlier, you don't have to celebrate Kwanzaa. Maybe you guys do stuff like that during Christmas. Maybe you do it during family reunions. I just still want Black people to not stray away from the greatness in them in whatever manner they want to do it. There is no certain day or time for you to celebrate your family or to celebrate your culture. You can do it every day, which is really what this podcast is all about. We talk about living the principles 365 days. So it's not so much about the seven day holiday of Kwanzaa as much as it is about the principles. And even there are even people who have negative things to say about the principles as well. I think that segues into another problem that we see, which is that humans just have trouble uniting. Absolutely. Humans have trouble uniting. And I think one thing that I love about our podcast is it shows that two Black women can unite. And we've may be three years that we've had this podcast. And there's so much teamwork that goes into this. And what you said just made me remember when we first started podcast, we were coming up with a name for it. And we were like Kwanzaa 365. And then we said, no, we don't want it to focus on Kwanzaa. We want to focus on the principles. And yes, some people are against the principles. I remember this comedian, somebody posted underneath her, underneath her video or something, Black Dollars Matter. And she did this video about division and Basically, all dollars matter. But somebody explained to her the circulation of the black dollar. Then she was like, oh, okay." So that goes back to um, ignorance of some of the principles. But as far as humans uniting, if you work at a job, if you have a business, if you have family members and try to do something, it doesn't matter who you are as culturally speaking, racially speaking or other things that define you, there is going to be trouble with humans uniting because 
we're humans. We have our own thoughts. We have our own feelings. We have an ego. And I think that goes back to something I really like that I learned in, um, I think it was a, it was some type, type of psychology class, multicultural psychology class. It said, all humans are like all other humans. Some humans are like other humans. And then humans are like no other humans. So basically, we're all human beings with emotions. We came from a woman. Me and you were both black. We're both military veterans. And then when it goes to the individual level, we have different personalities. We have different thoughts. And I think that's why it's important to work on yourself as an individual so you can be a more united front. But that's something that's very hard to do. As somebody that pushes personal development, I realize a lot of people don't want to do better. They don't want to be a better person because it's uncomfortable and we're used to familiarity. So let me keep doing this because it makes me feel good. Let me be right because it strokes my ego. That's not a black woman thing. That's not a woman thing. It's a human thing. You know, another thing that I think when it comes to being united, particularly in the culture in which we live, it's very individualistic. And when you live in an individualistic culture, it's it's hard to promote collectivity and community and cooperation. It seems like when tragedy strikes, Americans know how to unite. They know how to come together. When 9-11 happened, Americans came together. When this pandemic happened, Americans came together. And it seems like when you're just speaking about coming together in general, it's really challenging. I know a lot of people who they don't like asking for help. They're like, oh, no, I can do it myself. Oh, I got this or you got this or, you know, let's pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That's the kind of stuff that a lot of people were brought up believing. At the same time, I know me and the majority of the Black people that I know come from a more collective community where you knew all the neighbors. Everybody had each other's back. I, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You need some help. Here I am. You need an egg. You need some bread. You know, what do you need? That's the kind of community that I grew up in. So I grew up as part of a collective. As a matter of fact, I grew up in a family that had multiple generations living in the same household. We were communal and collective. So it just seems natural to me. But at the same time, we're still individualistic, even in celebrating Kwanzaa, just having gone to different Kwanzaa events. People celebrate Kwanzaa differently. Everybody is not doing it the same. Nobody is saying that we're monolithic and that we do everything the same and we're robots or robotic in how we celebrate it or that we have to pool all of our resources together in order for us to, to be one or we have to all get together and do everything together this particular way, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's really about really wanting to see better and for the culture, really wanting to see the culture uplifted and excellent. 
I agree. And yes, I grew up really close to my family in proximity, but also emotionally as well. And I wanted to just echo what you said about America is an individualistic culture. So when I think about America in general, I think of me and mine. Like that, that is something that's echoed, it seems, just throughout the nation, regardless of who you are. It's, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. This ain't going to hurt me. Well, I just care about my children and stuff like that. So I do think that's part of the American culture. And I also think that during this time, you're praised more for being popular and not being impactful. So that just makes you even more self-centered. I think humans uniting is a big issue and more so in America because of our let's dominate and let me shine and let me survive mentality. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. So to to just get people together with pure intentions is is hard. It definitely is hard, but I continue to be hopeful. I'm glad you said that because it's January the 2nd. Yesterday was the last day of Kwanzaa, January 1st. And the principal was Imani. I was on a group call, Zoom call, and they asked me, how do you have faith in humanity? And they asked everybody that. But my answer was, I trust human beings to be human beings. There's going to be some strife. There's going to be some misunderstanding and just not to take it personal. And for me as an individual to do my best to plant a seed or water a seed and hope it yields in beautiful flowers or great fruit. So as it far as it relates to money, I still have faith in people because I don't put trust in people. For me, I still put my trust that God will give me discernment, that God will align me with the right people. And that God will remove the wrong people out of my life. Not wrong, but wrong for me at that moment. People out of my life. So when it comes to having faith in humanity, I just recognize people will be people, but I need to be the best me. And if we all adopt that point of view, the world will be a better place. If we focus on being the best that we can be as individuals and bringing our best selves together. That's how we get things done as a collective. We have to be individuals first, being our best, bringing our best selves, bringing our gifts and talents to together to create something that's bigger than ourselves and just helping one another and being supportive of one another. Yes. So. We've gone over the problems with Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa has a bad rep. There's a lot of misinformation. The second reason is the founder did some trashy things, and he's still in a position of 
admiration or influence. And thirdly, humans are just humans and there will be trouble uniting. So it's still on every listener, on every individual, if they want to participate in Kwanzaa. Either way, I think I can say this, Latricia and I still love you regardless. Latricia, so we've acknowledged there are some issues with Kwanzaa, but I know we're not going to stop our podcast. We're not going to disassemble our website. We're going to keep marching forward. So why do you celebrate Kwanzaa? And how did you live it out in 2021? I celebrate Kwanzaa because I love Black culture. I love Black culture. I love Black history. I love Black people. I love Blackness. So that's why I celebrate Kwanzaa. Also, I really love the principles of Kwanzaa. And like you mentioned earlier, living out these principles is something that you do unconsciously, that most people do unconsciously, whether they acknowledge that they are these principles or if they call them something else. It's just something that is done at an unconscious level. So when I reflect on how I've lived out the principles over 2021, unity, I think that my family came back together this year. So we've had so much more time to spend together since the gang's all here. So I love that. And as far as self-determination, just like we're talking about today, I am determined that I'm not going to let the history of the founder, the misinformation of the of the naysayers, or the fact that people have trouble uniting, I'm not going to let that stop me from living out these principles and stop us from having this podcast and, and whatever other projects that we do as it pertains to these principles. Because I believe that we can create for ourselves. We get to choose for ourselves. We get to determine for ourselves. I'm going to continue to do that. And as far as collective work and responsibility, what you were saying, the teamwork that we have just over this past year, the projects that we have been involved in and the different events that we've participated in and the accountability, that has just been really great as far as principle goes. And cooperative economics, I think continuing to support Black businesses, and not only supporting Black businesses, but also supporting and encouraging people as they explore whether or not they want to have a business or how to move forward with the business or creating a business together, those kinds of things, purpose, continuing to do this podcast and having this episode today just shows more purpose because the information is needed because there's still a lot of misinformation out there. Creativity, just continuing to do my part to try to make the world a better place, being a maker and just creating content that we create. 
it's just it's just been a lot. I just I feel really good about how I've lived out the principles and I could probably go on for way too long. And then the last one, faith. I continue to be hopeful. Sometimes I get discouraged and I'm like, we're never going to come together because every time I turn around, you have this black person being pitted against this black person, a black man pitted against a black woman, the African pitted against the black American. It's just always something. The gay pitted against the straight. It's always something that tries to divide us. But I am hopeful that we as a people are going to get it together and rise above it all. How about you? Well, uh, starting with unity, um, just trying to be more purposeful and connecting with people that I love. I remember the beginning of the year, I wrote down, 2021, I wrote down, I'm going to speak with a family member every week, or I'm just going to rotate them out. And I did very well with that, a different family member. Let me let me text my nephew. I haven't talked to him in a while. Let me text my niece. Um, so I think even though that wasn't specifically for Kwanzaa or the Kwanzaa principles, like you said, we do stuff subconsciously not knowing that's what it was. So trying to keep in touch with family members. Self-determination. It's been 2021 was a rough year for me. I lost my uncle in January. I lost my sister in August. And just to still trudge along despite my losses, despite going back into the building for in February 2021. And for those that don't know, I'm very germ conscious. So that took a lot of determination. Collective works and responsibility. Like you said, this podcast, I've tried to be a team player at work and just trying to help my family as well as we as we all grieve, like collectively doing that, being a being a phone call away, being a listening ear. And not just for myself, for other people this year who have experienced grief. I've tried to take that in collectively. I'm beside you. Cooperative economics, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we published a book in December called Living the Principles, the Kwanzaa Journal. We tried to bring in our own type of money. I helped a family member with improving their credit. And I also came out with a coloring book. Because in addition to being a co-host, I'm also the progress promoter. Purpose. I think about my one word. My one word for 2021 was praise. And that showed me my purpose. Ultimately, I'm, I'm here to serve. So that was just a reminder of me, a reminder for me of what my purpose was. Creativity. Wow. We worked on the children's book and that took a lot of creativity. When I think of creativity, I don't also think of only things that you can make. I also think of problem solving. Like there's been issues with something at work. It's a very hectic year. Some people may be out for work. So now I'm in there with a certain amount of kids by myself. So let me see 
how I can solve this problem. I think creativity is also problem solving. And last but not least, faith. I'm going to have faith that what I do is not done in vain. And I'm going to have faith that it'll fall upon the ears of someone who needs to hear it. So that is how I lived out the principles in 2021. That is wonderful. And I'm glad you mentioned the journal because as we begin a new year and living out the principles, that's a great way to record some of your thoughts and ideas and goals for living out the principles. So when you come together at the end of the year to celebrate Kwanzaa or on New Year's Day, if you do goal setting on New Year's Day, it's a great opportunity to go back and reflect on what you wrote down all year long so that the following year you can go ahead and set new goals for the new year and look back on how the past year was or get your living the principles journal on Amazon. All right, Latricia, we have had a lot of good information and discussion. Do you have the principal challenge? Principal challenge. Live them out. Our principal challenge for today is to practice self-determination and choose for yourself whether Kwanzaa is a celebration you want to participate in or not. All right, you guys heard it. Now, open your mind, hearts, and ears for our next section as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Solange St. Heron has partnered with Four Keeps book founder Rosie Duffy to create a free digital library filled with esteemed and valuable books from Black creators. This initiative was built upon St. Heron's urgent mission to preserve, collect, and uplift the stories, works, and archives that amplify vital voices within our community. A Texas school district said it had returned an award-winning children's book to its library after a review of claims that it exposed critical race theory. Kraft's graphic novel, New Kid, was awarded the John Newberry Medal last year. It tells the story of seventh grader Jordan Banks and how he navigates his worlds at home and at a prestigious private school where he is one of the few minority students. Parents started the petition, but after review, Jerry Kraft was rescheduled and his books were placed on the shelves again. He stated, as an African-American boy who grew up in Washington Heights in New York City, I almost never saw kids like me in any of the books assigned to me in school. He said, books aimed at kids like me seem to deal only with history or misery. That's why it's always been important to me to show kids of color as just as regular kids and to create iconic African-American characters like Jordan Banks from New Kid. I hope that readers of all ages will see the kindness and understanding that my characters exhibit and emulate those feelings in their day-to-day lives. 
Our third good news, Latanya Devon, a 41-year-old writer from the Bronx, has always dreamed of opening her own bookstore in her home borough. She realized that she may not actually need a storefront and started a campaign for her mobile bookstore. Great collective works. The aesthetic goal, she says, was Tiny House Meets the Strand Bookstore, a homey place selling new and used books where people would want to linger. The seats came out, a folding table behind a driver's seat where people can sit and read went in. A local upholstery shop in the Bronx agreed to do most of the work, including the daunting job of cutting a hole in the roof to install a skylight. The bus holds 3,000 books, which are filled with black and brown authors. That concludes our good news. And now, the soul snack. Our soul snack for today comes from a Swahili proverb, and it says, unity is strength, division is weakness. That's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles Podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.